The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. Welcome back to another Critical and Thinking podcast. Uh, I'm Ian Harris. Ty is not here. Ty is actually on his honeymoon. Um, if you guys remember, Ty was getting married a couple weeks ago, and um, he is off doing that. That's why we've been dark for about two weeks now. Um, but I can no longer wait. We need to we need to get people on here. So uh, uh, I am here, um, and Ty will be back this week. And um, and so I have a guest. Yes, not in studio via Skype. Uh, the interweb. Uh, so I have on with me uh, Aaron Lewis. Say hi, Aaron. How did you get to, what is your book about? How did you get to where you're at in life? The latest book came about um, after I got involved with the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I went to their convention last year and I met our chapter president um, who suggested I write another book. <laughs> But this one was um, more about how to take risks, um, find uh, self-acceptance, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of religious bashing in there. So I talk about um, critical thinking, um, I explain cognitive biases, uh, cognitive dissidence, how to identify misinformation, um, but I do it in a way that incorporates stories from my career. So um, when I talk about praying, I don't know if you got to this one or not, but um, I would talk about how if I was stuck in a lap dance that kind of sucked, <laughs> I would in my head be begging the DJ to end the song, you know, hoping right. he's not outside smoking a cigarette or yeah, right. you know something like that. and. So I talk about the efficacy of prayer in that sense where the times that I would beg him in my head to stop the damn song were exactly equal to how effective prayer is. Um, And I I go on to cite a study they used on heart patients. Um, It's a particularly hard thing to study from a scientific point of view, but um, that's kind of how I I relate the different points in my book. So I met – I had a chiropractor that was a customer that, you know, started to treat all the girls. And while it sounds dirty, uh, he was definitely not on the up and up. But that was how I discovered that chiropractics was also, you know, a pseudoscience. Yes. Yes, it's actually based on a good story. If you haven't looked it up, it's it's quite interesting. What what, chiropractic or how you found it out? (laughs) I found it out by going to the library right before we had Google. Um, because I was suspicious. I became suspicious when all of my friends and I had the exact same back problems. Hold hold on one second really quick. We're having a little audio. Do we need to switch that to a different, so, so, so tell me about the, so the chiropractic story. Well, we had a customer that would come into uh, a club. There was an office, a chiropractic's office right next door. And um, they weren't creepy. They were really nice and never danced for him. But a lot of girls would go over to his office and, you know, he would treat them. And I thought I went over there, too, because I had back problems. I mean, you know. And it turned out that all of the girls had the exact same problem. And I was like, okay, well, we all wear the same shoes. We do kind of the same shit, so that makes sense. Um, And then I asked the bouncer who had gone over there too, and it turned out he had the same problem too. (laughs) Uh, He was not wearing the same shoes as us. Right, really? So that was when I got (laughs) suspicious. And I was like, okay, um, because his price, his treatment cost was a lot lower also. So I'm like, okay, so he makes less money than us, and the doctor is charging him less because so at that point I went and researched it and you know discovered that it was crap and um when I looked up the actual history of it when I was researching the topic for my book I found out that um the person that invented chiropractics did it because he had a vision and a ghost told him about the theory of the spine and how it relates to um the rest of your body and that's literally what chiropractics is based on Wow. It's it's funny because I tell people this, you know, I, I also own an MMA gym, so I, I train fighters a lot, and everyone's like, oh, I'm doing, going to, you know, this guy's going to, the cupping, which is, oh, fucking insane. Like, oh, wow, you have little, <laughs> sir, it pulls blood to the top of my skin for five minutes and then leaves a bruise on me. Good. That's going to help you out in your fight. Um, yeah, but, probably not. But the chiropractic thing, the only time I've ever... Um, there, I do have a friend that's a chiropractor. That um, I have a few friends that do stuff like that. But, but at my gym or at my old gym, and I will say there was one time um, or one procedure, one thing that he has done twice to me that totally works. And I'll and and the and what that is is sometimes you have um, 
you like especially toward the back of your spine. I don't know why I'm pointing, no one can see me, but the back of your spine, we get a lot of a lot of ribs cartilage separates, you get all those separated ribs, or we call them popped ribs. Sometimes if they pop out and they get stuck on top of the other ribs, you gotta push them kind of back in. Um, and those take a while to heal because the cartilage is torn and cartilage doesn't get very good blood flow. Yeah. That's why we get cauliflower ear because we don't get blood flow to the, to the, to the cartilage. So it doesn't heal as fast. <clears throat> but sometimes where the rib head attaches to the back, where the, the, where the rib attaches, mm-hmm. that cartilage separates and it pops. And it mm-hmm. hurts like fucking hell. But the thing is, when you breathe, you can't you can't get any breath. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And and I've had you know normally like I said a separated rib. It's gonna take a month or whatever just to heal, and it's gonna hurt until it fixes. You can't fix it. You can't do anything. You can hope you don't make it worse. But twice I've been to where I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. And he, I popped some popped the rib back in back onto the spot and I'm sure it wasn't the cartilage was still torn but it was yeah. displaced and, yeah. and instantly I was like oh good I can breathe again and yeah. and that now sure if I if I go and train a, a, a day later it's going to pop right back out but he did pop that back in and I was like okay I'm going to give you one to that one because that's happened twice yeah. where the rib popped out I couldn't breathe and they popped the rib back in um, again it doesn't fix it it doesn't cure it but it definitely was displaced. What drives me nuts is when you have people, chiropractors or people who don't understand chiropractic who, uh, or don't understand that it's nonsense, that are like, oh, you have, you have four herniated discs in your back. Go to a chiropractor. Yeah. How is a chiropractor going to put a, a jelly disc back in, into, into place? And, and, and the thing is, that if, you're, if you are out of alignment, which I don't even know if that's a, a thing, uh, you know, if you are pulled off by new, it's always muscular. It's yeah. if massage works. I have had massage fix nerve issues and whatever because I'm pulling and yeah. it's pinching. But the fact that you have to keep going back every week is proof that it's not doing anything. If it yeah. was doing something, you could take an X-ray. Look, this this uh, C5 is uh, is over here, uh, displaced by three millimeters. Crack. Let's do another X-ray. Oh, now it's back into place. Yeah. You could do that easily. That's a very easy study to do. But if yeah. every week the C5 is out two millimeters, well, then and, how does it keep falling out of place? Yeah, it's because they need more money. Right, exactly. Um, but, but actually, the way that they get some insurance coverage is they do use actual medical techniques that work. So like massage and heat mm-hmm. and cold therapy and things like that um, that are actually medical mainstream medicine. And so by incorporating that kind of stuff um, – they're able to get insurance coverage. So right. that's why some medical insurance will cover chiropractors is because they actually do use some techniques that are medically proven. But the whole thing where, you know, you're having bowel problems and they straighten yeah. your spine and that works because that's the actual theory is that, you know, they manipulate your spine and it connects to everything else. To the so nerve your meridians. Hurts, <laughs> yeah, so your stupid. foot hurts. It's because your neck is out of alignment or something silly. And it, right. and it just doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it's, it's all that, all that, I mean, even even acupuncture, which there have been some actual studies that show acupuncture works on some back problems, actually beyond placebo. <clears throat> they're I don't know if they're that great and that definitive, but everything else shows that it hasn't it doesn't really work. But the idea that I could see why acupuncture might work for mus- muscle stuff. If you're doing something, it's like an acupressure type thing where you're releasing muscle. Maybe I'm not saying that it does. I'm saying I could I could understand that logic. This idea that if I put a needle here, that nerve meridian is a wood or gallbladder meridian, and therefore that's going to fix my big toe yeah, because sure. that's also on the gallbladder meridian or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, yeah. what? That, that sounds like shake a chicken bone at it and then burn a yeah. picture of your loved one and see if they come back to you. Like that. That that sound. That's on that same kind of level where you're like, really? Like you 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 think that that nerve meridians are going to you know fire beats wood and wood paper rock beats paper and paper beat scissors it's like shut the fuck up well a lot of the research i did was on um the little we know about um like neuroscience and the way right. that our brains work and and the truth is is that our brains are really really easy to fool so oh, it's yeah. really easy to um it's really easy so like i tell a ghost story um there was a club i worked in reno uh, Reno seems to be the hub for all right. sorts of crazy experiences. Yes. Uh, I met Dennis Hoff there too, uh, with Danny <laughs> oh. actually. Oh wow, yeah. really? Nice. So, uh-huh. Yeah, I uh, wasn't shedding any tears over that guy. Um, no, he seemed like a like a real decent human being, huh? 
Yeah, no. No, no he was terrible. Um, I, I, I did develop a bit of a fondness for one of his girls, but that's probably another podcast. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, so I had a ghost story from one of the clubs that I worked up in there where the dressing room was supposed to be haunted. The club, I guess, was an old slaughterhouse. Right. And some supposedly hung himself in the dressing room. Hmm. So, you know, after working, I don't know, eight hours, you know, a couple of shots of tequila, um, I walked upstairs and I was by myself and, you know, I'm kind of scared walking up there cause I could tell that it was quiet and there was nobody coming up there. And I get up there and I, I, I look over into the corner and I swear that I thought I saw some dude hanging. Right. Right. And so I kind of freak out. I got up there for like a piece of gum and like to just chill out for a second. And I like hightailed it back downstairs and, uh, you know, was sitting at the bar and I was having some water thinking, okay, water's a good idea now. And, uh, it scared me for a while and I came back and heard some of the other girls talking about it. And I realized that what I saw, didn't quite match up with what the story was. It was sort of, it was what I saw was based on a story that somebody else had told. So I realized at some point that what I saw was, you know, uh, exhaustion and tequila, uh, induced, you know, vision or something like that. And, um, you know, a lot of like feelings. I, I talk a lot about ghosts. Um, I had a friend, we went ghost hunting for about 15 years, went to new Orleans, you know, scared the living shit out of each other, um, doing Ouija boards and all that kind of stuff. And then when you actually research it and you find a logical, reasonable explanation for every single feeling, every experience, um, you know, the old hag thing is a big one. Oh, and I've, I've, I have a story about that. I'll tell you, but that's funny. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Um, so you just, what I really realized in researching for this book is how much, um, how easy we fool ourselves, but how easy it is to be taken in, um, by others. Uh, and, and by your, by, yeah, your emotions, emotions are, are crazy. Like the old hag syndrome, I, I've, I've had that many times. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we all have a version of it when you're, when you're on a, anyone who knows, doesn't know, um, there's a very, very common ghost thing. A lot religious people always, always uh, attribute it to, to demons. Um, but sometimes when you're sleep, it's 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 sleep paralysis, and oh now yeah. it's now it's actually the biggest cause for alien abduction stories. So yeah. when you when you're asleep, um, there your your brain produces a a, a hormone whatever that uh, uh, a chemical that paralyzes your body so that you don't flop around yeah. and fall off a cliff in old times. And sometimes when you're super tired, your brain goes to sleep. And it goes into to, to REM sleep quicker than it, it's just not on the right pattern. Usually when you're overtired or, or in a public situation, that's why you always jerk awake on a, on a bus or on a plane because your, sleep, because your brain is saying, don't fall asleep, we're in public, and, and, but you're so tired that you fall asleep. So you, 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 those jerk awakes are when your body is trying to go into full REM sleep and releasing a paralysis and you wake up and it takes a second for it to, like a split second for it to clear out of your system. Sometimes you wake up and your body is completely still paralyzed and yes. your brain is still fuzzy. It's almost like, like you're on Ambien and you're, and you're, you're awake and you're doing stuff, but you're still kind of in sleep mode. So you're still in dream mode. You're sure not, you're not sure hundred percent what's going on. Um, and you wake up and you can't move. And you feel like somebody's holding you down. And yes. then when it, it'll clear out of your system and you sit up and you freak the fuck out. And during that time, because you're partially dreaming, your brain creates a story. It's an alien. It's a demon. It's a ghost. And you actually have your, your, your because of the way your um, the oxygen is in your brain, when you fully awake, a lot of times you'll see uh, light move away from your eyes. And so a lot of times that would be interpreted as a ghost flying off your chest or a demon yeah. flying away off your chest. And it's hilarious because I've, I'd known that my whole life and I'd had that experience many times. I was watching a documentary. This is about 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I was watching a documentary on sleep paralysis and watching the whole thing about all, all the different types of sleep um, issues we have and, mm-hmm. and, and how they relate to ghost stories and this sort of stuff. That night... I had one of the most memorable versions experiences of that I've ever had. And I woke up and I couldn't fucking move. I was stuck. And and I was like, ah, fighting it. And then it boom. Like I felt I saw this thing fly away. And I sat up and I was like, fuck! Ah! And then I went, 
hot. I just started laughing to myself out loud. I'm like, oh my God. Because I was so freaked out in that 10 yeah. seconds. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And as soon as my rationality came back to me and my wits came back to me, I was like, oh shit, that just happened again. Like I just watched a thing about this today. And it was like, it was, it was pretty amazing when you know, because if I didn't know, I'd be telling people, no, dude, this happened to me. This was an experience. And we yeah. know if you're a skeptic, oh, yeah. that personal experience is the worst form of evidence. It's how we have eyewitness, eyewitness accounts that Absolutely. have put people in prison without DNA. There's a, there was a, a story I went at one of my the skeptic conferences I did there was a a guy's a psychologist and he talks about the brain and memory and how mm -hmm. memory is completely fabricated yeah. and one of the things a story he told us that just blew my fucking mind was there was a, a woman who had been who got raped um, and she gave the description they brought in like six guys for the lineup and she picked a guy who kind of fit the description out yeah. of the lineup he ended up going to prison. He did, he said he never he didn't do it. And, you know yeah. all this sort of stuff. He went to prison. Um, then there was a guy in prison that admitted to um, to the rape. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm probably getting the story a little bit off. And they redid the trial, and she said, "Nope, that's not the guy. It's still the other guy." Then they finally got DNA testing, and it turns out it was the guy that admitted to it, not the guy that did it. And he yeah. eventually the guy eventually got off. Um, and uh, that's weird. So hi, uh, the guy eventually got off, but the woman to this, to, to, to that day, I don't want to say to this day, I don't know what she does now, but up until that point had still was still convinced despite an admission and DNA that it was the guy that she picked out of the lineup the first time. And the, and the reason is because the emotion attached to it, she probably didn't get that great of a description. So when yeah. she was when she went to the, the lineup, the guy that did it wasn't in the lineup. So her brain yeah. picked the guy that was closest to it or closest to her memory of it. And mm -hmm. every time she told the story, she recreated it with that guy's picture, that guy's yes. face. So to this day, that guy raped her because well, that's, that's what her brain tells her. When you go and you remember something, you are literally recreating that event mm -hmm. all the time. There were several um, – I had a memory of when my grandma passed and going to her funeral. I thought that I went to her funeral um, because we were Catholic right. or Catholic. Um, huh. And uh, so they always do a viewing, right, mm -hmm. which is – a, just a horribly morbid thing to have to do. I know, so right? I thought that I remembered seeing my grandma um, because they told me that they had done a viewing when in right. fact, the reality of it, I found out years later that I, um, my brother had taken me out of um, her funeral was on my birthday. He'd taken me out of school and taken me to Disneyland and we both missed the funeral. So it's no white that you actually I, saw it dead. Yeah, it was nobody. <laughs> okay. it, yeah, no, it was just what they told me. Like I knew that it had happened, but I was only five years old, and so right. the the memory that I created of that particular time didn't wasn't, didn't even exist. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't right. It was just, and for it took. I mean, only a few years ago did I realize that that was a false memory that I created. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, a lot of this stuff. Like I said, when I was researching for the book, I. Um, I, uh, I didn't really know the specifics of it. I knew, uh, like from ghost hunting that there was a lot of stuff that was crap when it comes to eyewitnesses right. and all that kind of stuff. Cause a lot of those are really compelling. Uh, even Jeff has a couple of really compelling ghost stories, right. but when we went back and I compared it and I, you know, I told him about how his experiences could be explained. He comes back and he says, you know, you're right. He goes, there's actually really no, right. He, he goes, that is probably more accurate than, right. You know, the, the, even though he was with several other people and they all kind of had the same type of experience. But it, they also, also happened. talked about it and, 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 yes. and recreated and what they, yes. and now mm -hmm. get distance from them telling the story, come back in 10 years. And I bet you their stories are going to be different because well, the little micro changes, it's like evolution, these little micro changes in the story that you tell yourself. So when you get back to it, it's like, well, now all of a sudden our accounts are different. When you're, yeah. when you're, when you're together, your accounts become the same in your memory. So, well, and that was why I realized that I that the ghost that I had seen in the dressing room was fake because I compared because my you compared it to the other stories. Yes. Yeah. Because that was the fun thing to do when new girls would come in. Everybody would scare the shit out of her. Right. Right. So but it depended on which click you were in. The stories changed. Right. You know, there were totally. little details that were different. You know, sometimes right. he was over in this corner. Sometimes he was over in that corner. And I'm like, why the fuck is dude hanging out in the dressing room? Right. He right. could be downstairs. 
you know. But when when I was a little kid, because um, I had a lot of ghost stories. My mom is a psychic. My mom, I mean, obviously I don't believe my mom's a psychic, but my mom yeah. is a self-professed psychic and she has made a living doing it and a little bit and all that sort of stuff and she believes it she's not a some charlatan it's like trying to get your money but you know and I've ghost stories my whole life and I believed in ghosts a little bit when I was younger because it was it's like it's like religion I wasn't really raised religious I was raised an atheist but I mean I wasn't raised an atheist I was just raised with no religion and therefore I've been an atheist default position since day one but my but I also had like religious people Oh, Jesus is real. I've been told that since day one. I had, oh, ghosts are real. That's, yeah. but it never made sense to me. So my enti- even since I was a little kid, I was like, well, since there's no such thing as an afterlife, and since there's no such thing as a soul or a spirit, is it some sort of physical energy that doesn't have consciousness that that is kind of stuck in form? Like I always tried to figure out like what 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 could it be scientifically until I finally realized it couldn't and I had to let it go. But but I remember going. At one point going, I actually do this in my first my first comedy special. I do a bit about ghosts, and I'm like, why is it that the ghost, if it's the energy of the body or the soul or whatever, then why is it wearing clothes? Yeah. <laughs> like like your T-shirt, is, if, if you died, is that the soul of your brazen atheist T-shirt? Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like does, does that have a soul? Or do you, do you, can, you go to the, can you go to the celestial sales rack and like pull off a different outfit every day? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the lady in white never changes to the lady in fuchsia someday. Like it's, her clothes are always the fucking same. Like it's like, how does she, how did she, how did her clothes remain? It's just, it's, when you think about it, it's so ridiculous. You're like, wait, so... She died, and therefore her clothes died with her, and um, you know, or the chain that rattles. But how does that work? Like, it's it's it. When you think about it, it's so damn ridiculous. It's like Scooby Doo level ridiculousness. Like you just go, there's no, how is anybody buying into this that is over the age of five? And it's like, um, it's it's really hard for me to. But but, but again, emotions. Emotions are and and people are scared. And if you've been taught something your entire life, like back to the old hag syndrome. I had a friend, um, and to me it was one of the funniest moments in my online Facebook, whatever, Twitter history, I don't remember what, I think it was on Facebook, that my friend said, guys, and he's a very religious guy, guys, this crazy thing happened to me. Last night, I woke up, and I couldn't move, and I felt like something was on my chest, and I, and he goes, I couldn't move, and I was, I was, and I felt, a, I felt this, this evil presence in my room that wouldn't let me up, and I couldn't move, I could, and, and I, and I was just, I didn't know what to do, and I, I finally, I, I forgot what he said, he was, he, I was trying to talk, and I couldn't talk, and I finally, like, was thinking all this stuff, and I said something, and it let me go, and I sat up, it was the scariest thing in the world, and somebody goes, hey, man, I know what this is. Yeah. Um, okay. And I was saying, she goes, and the lady goes, I know what this is. Um, and I'm going to tell you what, what the deal is, right? It's something. And she's going to tell him about sleep paralysis. And she goes yeah. in dead seriousness, not, not being funny. She goes, you have a demon. <laughs> nice. She goes, and what you need to do is even though you can't talk, you need to think to yourself as hard as you can. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And she goes, and if, and within about five to 10 seconds, it'll let you go. <laughs> so, so what happens if it's not a Christian demon? Right, exactly. You know, I yeah. mean, what, what if it's What like, if it's a Muslim you know, demon or a, yeah, a Buddhist I mean, demon? Happens, yeah. It, it, <laughs> he wants to yeah. hold you down and feed you a vegetarian meal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, that's right? terrible. Horrible. Yeah, uh, Damn you, Buddha. Question. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just... You know, it's, I, uh, I even like after I debunked all of my ghost hunting because I did it with my ex best friend for, I mean we did this kind of shit for like fifteen years. Right. And uh, so there was definitely times where I believed a lot of the anecdotal evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean we went to every haunted place within a hundred mile radius, and you know I'm close to ghost uh, ghost uh, gold country up mm-hmm. in Northern California. Yeah, so yeah. there's all sorts of that shit everywhere. Donner party, everything. Right. And. Uh, a few years ago, I was my husband was out of town, and I was sitting in bed, and I was watching one of those ghost haunted story right. things. But I had already known that it was all bullshit. I was, you know, just whatever, kind of zoning out. And all of a sudden, I felt the bed start to rock, and uh-huh. right before the bed started to move, really subtly, just really subtly, the one of my cats started howling down the down the hallway i mean howling and then my old cat on the end of the bed like sat up and was like freaking out and i'm like 
what the fuck? My heart started racing and then the bed stopped moving and I kind of sat there for a second and I was like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And of course I'm watching this ghost show. So right. in my head I'm thinking there's ghosts fucking shaking my bed. My cat's freaking out. So I get on, I pick up my phone. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to see what's up. So I look on Facebook and somebody's like, did everybody just feel that earthquake? <laughs> I grew up in Southern California, so I remember big earthquakes. I was right. in the Northridge earthquake. Uh, earthquakes are fucking earthquakes, dude. Right. They like rattle your freaking foundation, the whole right. everything. This was just a tiny, like subtle thing. Right. So it did not occur. It didn't feel like an earthquake that I had experienced. So it never occurred to me that it was an earthquake. But I swear to God, with all the research, all the shit, debunking, everything I did, I believed for right. a good couple of minutes that there may have been a ghost right. shaking my bed. Until right. I look and yeah, it was an earthquake, um, you know, just a rare, tiny little thing that happened. But even once you know that, um, it's, cognitively, yeah. you can still fool yourself, um, you know, at least for because, a minute. Well, it's cause it's years of programming that's stuck in there that you have, but see, that's the biggest thing that I was going to say is that the biggest problem, whether it's religion, whether it's even day to day life, politics, things like that, you have to be willing to let go of, of things, even if you hold them really dear. You have to let go of stuff. You have to be self reflective. That's the good thing I'm hearing from you is that you're one of those, a person who can go, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was mistaken. Like uh, so many people, and I mean, everyone's guilty of it. Even the, the most staunch skeptic on the planet, the, 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 most, the most incredible scientist, and everyone has moments of holding on to something something past where they should, but it's so difficult. Like I, I know people who the littlest thing, I mean, look at our, our, our president, not to get too political, but like we normally do on the show, but, but it's like, you can't even admit the guy can't even fucking admit that Alabama was yeah. never on. like, dude, at some point just go, you know what? I was wrong. Let's move on. But people can't do that when they're talking about whether or not they, they heard a weather report that Alabama was going to get hit by a hurricane or that you may have used, you know, oh, no, you said him and you meant her. No, I didn't. I said her. I mean, people will like go to the fucking deathbed about that's what I said. God damn it. Oh, 20 people heard you say something else. Well, that's what I said. Really? But so how are we supposed to let go decades of belief about an afterlife? I mean, or ghosts or this kind of stuff that touches to us emotionally. It's really hard. But that yeah. is the biggest thing is to be able to go, you know what let me look at the research let me look at the evidence and when the overwhelming mound of evidence is pointing to something like climate change you have to go okay i have to shed my ridiculous religious dogma political beliefs and go okay climate change is fucking real or evolution is fucking real or whatever it is is real and that is hard and painful to go i was wrong for 20 years but to me, it's far worse to hold on to something that is wrong. Like, why do you want to? I would rather my I would rather have the right beliefs than have my beliefs be right. If that makes sense. Like, no, definitely a lot of. So, like, why in the subtitle we put and we went back and forth. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times about the subtitle. But one of the biggest things that I wanted to write about um, was to question everything, and everything right. includes yourself. Right. So that you can take a deep look and be like, hey, you know what, yeah, I fucked up, because you will only continue to make the same mistakes if you hold on to shit right. that's crap. Right. You know, um, you need to be able to take a look and reflect on yourself, and not only when it comes to, especially right now when we have misinformation and we have so much, you know, crap out there, there's so much things to try to filter, be it, um, people you see on social media, um, you gotta be able to change your position. Right. You know, you can end up being miserable your whole freaking life. If you can't, um, take a step back and be like, you know what? I fucked up. I was right. wrong. And frankly, I think that that's a really admirable thing to have, um, yeah. character wise so Absolutely. that you're able to grow and learn, you know, you, and as far as, you know, the orange Messiah goes, <laughs> the, uh, that's honestly, I'm, I'm very familiar with that particular personality type. Yeah, the um, narcissistic, uh, yeah, malignant narcissist. Yeah, because are my best customers. Yes. Um, because they can't admit that they're wrong. Right. Um, so they also can't admit that they're being taken advantage of right. by somebody they consider less than. Right. So, and because a lot of those, um, like malignant narcissists, I guess is the right. term that they use for him in particular. Um, but they're also misogynists. Oh yeah. And so when they look at somebody that they automatically think is their intellectual inferior. And they're also not usually very smart. 
It, sometimes they are. So, sometimes, I, I sometimes, but with with my kid about this as to whether um, they're not intelligent. I think that a lot of times narcissists are very intelligent. So, no, I'm not, I'm not saying always, lack, but a lot of those a lot of those lack, guys aren't. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just bullshit. Yeah. But they lack the the ability to take a look at themselves and change their minds. So. Right. In my case, um, actually, ironically, the person that bought my hotel room for the FFRF convention I went to last year was a conservative Republican who was a believer, but he he actually paid for my hotel knowing what it was. That it was a you know a atheist convention and right. you know we're literally fighting against every single policy he voted for. Right. Um, he bought that for me. And he never understood that he was being manipulated in some sense because he right. couldn't admit that, you know, or couldn't realize or could not accept the fact that he could be manipulated, especially right. by somebody he thought that was, you know, cognitively on a lesser level than him. I mean, he was wrong. Right. But but see, that's a level that's that is on some level to me. I mean, a measure, at least one measure of intelligence. And that's what I'm trying to talk about. That's what I'm trying to say is that I think on some level you're like. If you can't self-reflect, if you can't recognize obvious, I mean, obviously, you know, some of the smartest people in the world have been drawn into cults. That's a fact. Like a lot of times smart people get, get, do get drawn into cults because they, they're always looking for other stuff and they get, they get drawn into this one thing and their brain kind of gets set and they go and they, uh, you know, it's hard for them to, to then admit to themselves they've gotten out. But on my, on, in my thinking, that is it's a learned behavior, but it's also it, it, it's some sort of level of intelligence to me to be able to say, okay, let's let's think of things on a scientific like a scientific method. Like, what yeah. do we do? We stick to our guns, even though all the evidence is showing that it's not the case, or do we go, okay, well then let, let's go with what is the case, and and that to me is again, it's a measure of an of intelligence. Um, but the other the thing is the opposite of that is true, and I know a lot of a lot of smart people that become conspiracy theorists where you have this yeah. this opposite effect where all of a sudden it's like people want to question I hear that all the time I question everything it's like okay questioning is good but when the fucking answer is provided yeah. you don't questioning everything doesn't mean deny everything and a lot of people yeah. like conspiracy theorist types that you go oh yeah well look at all this evidence oh so you're going to believe evidence yeah <laughs> like you know I mean oh well who's evidence I had somebody say to me who's facts well, this is like ten different studies that have been peer reviewed. Oh, so you believe peer review? Those people are all paid for by somebody. Oh, New England Journal of Medicine and J- Journal of American Medical Association and the, the you know the Mayo Clinic and nine different uh, uh, universities in other countries. You believe all those? They're all paid for by Big Pharma or whatever. And you're like, come on, dude. Like at some point, you have to accept some evidence. You have to accept some sort of something. You can't just keep saying I question everything. Fine, question it, but here's the fucking answer. If you ask the question and I give you the answer and you question the answer and then you find the answer is doubled down that it's that it's factual, it's okay to accept it. You can't just, you don't have to go, oh, I don't believe anything, the government and they yeah. and, you know, and the Illuminati. It's like, fucking shut up at some point, you know? I, I, uh, I touched on conspiracies also. And uh, so I wrote a, um, I had to do research on it. I've never really been much of a mm-hmm. conspiracy theorist myself, right. I've, you know. But I, uh, I so I wrote my own conspiracy uh, mm. about strippers and right. how they're involved in the political process to um, actually uh, try to encourage sexual repression, right? Because, right. I mean, if everybody's really open about their sexuality and nudity is accepted and we got nipples on the internet and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and that's totally cool, well, what's going to happen to strip clubs, right? They're going to go away. So I invented a, a – a stripper conspiracy about how they're actually meeting at the AVN awards. If you've um, heard of those down Mm -hmm. in Vegas Um, and that they are in cahoots with the Christian nationalists to make sure that we keep, you know, sexual repression as a thing and that, and that we, you know, we keep demonizing sex and that we make, you know, the purity movement a thing. And that was all orchestrated by strippers behind the scenes. (laughs) And I explained this to my husband, just testing it, just trying to see how my, how my story like worked. So I, so I go into this whole elaborate thing and I said, you know, honey, there's something I got to tell you. And, uh, so I go to the whole thing and at the end of it, his jaw drops and he goes, Oh my God, really? And I'm like, no, I'm fucking with you, dude. (laughs) Of course not. Of 
course not. That's fucking ludicrous. I talk about how Tammy Faye was a stripper. You know, <laughs> uh, I was like, why do you think she wears all that makeup? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but that was, uh, it, no, it was interesting going back and, and, and you see why really smart people do get caught up into mm. that. And it's like, whoa, you don't, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that, but it, no, it's, it's, uh, it's so funny. I was thinking with your, the, the, um, I actually use, speaking of ghosts, I was saying earlier, I did a bit in my first special about ghosts. One of the jokes was, um, you know, it's all like, all my, my entire comedy comes from skepticism, and I'm always like debunking, I know people hate that word, but debunking things through comedy. And in my ghost bit, I actually, one of my jokes was, um, it's funny that one, another way you know that ghosts are bullshit is because ghosts are always the same type of people that we find scary. It's always bad ghosts. It's also it's always like an old person. It's yeah. always like it's always like a creepy young kid, and they're always like they always do shit that really doesn't affect you. It's always like they do these weird things, like they'll they'll move your book from place to place, they'll rearrange your furniture. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? I'm like I'm like you never you never hear about a cool ghost. I go, when was the last time you ever heard anyone go, hey, man, this house is haunted by a 24-year-old nymphomaniac stripper? Yeah, <laughs> and people are like... Yeah, like James Dean, I'd take him. He'd right. yeah, right? exactly. I'm like, I'm like... I'd be scared, I promise. Exactly. So I'm, like, I'm like, would you be scared of that ghost? I'm like, people are like, I got to warn you, this is a ghost. You're like, oh, well, where do I sign and when do I move in? Does she haunt me regularly? Do I... <laughs> yeah. I'd be walking around my house naked like, I need a haunting, damn it! Like, yeah. like Right? No, it, that kind of stuff never happens. No, that never happens. You, you never hear yeah. about... There's never a ghost that, that does your laundry for you. When, how was that ghost? I want one of those. I know, right? Not, not the one that's shaking my bed and freaking out my cat. No, I want the ghost that takes my kid to oh, school and drops her off so I can get some work done in the morning. For uh, real. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that shit never happens. It's it's, no. it's always, this kid stares in the corner, sits in the corner and looks at me funny. Great. Tell him to fucking put, throw a blanket over and get back to your business. Like, what are they doing to you? One of my first, um, I actually write about it in my first book, um, and it happened, well, not Reno, but Truckee, uh, mm-hmm. but we were dancing in Reno. It was right when I was like 19. My grandmother used to own the Truckee Hotel. Oh, really? Yeah. My, so my friend, my my ex-best friend, um, she her parents had a cabin in Truckee, right, uh, on Donner Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were uh, totally haunted, right? And there were like six of us that, uh, girls, strippers, we were all 18 or 19 that went up to go work in Reno. And so we stayed at her cabin. And uh, we had to light a fire. It was winter. And none of us knew what the fuck we were doing. So uh, my friend lit a fire and didn't open the flue. So in the middle of the night, we all slept in the living room, even though there were several rooms with, there were plenty of beds for everybody, but right. we all slept in the living room because we were fucking terrified. So I was on the floor, um, and, uh, I wake up and I sit up. And when I sit up in the middle of the night, it, it I'm breathing in smoke. Oh, and what happened was we lit the fire, didn't open the flu. So the whole cabin was filled with smoke. I woke everybody up and, you know, we opened the windows and we all lived, but we very easily could have died. Right. So my friend had talked about whose parents on the cabin had talked about uh, the lady in white, actually, like you brought up earlier. Apparently she gets around. Yes, there's a lady uh, in white in every city. She woke you up and saved our lives. And I'm like, you know, really, I had to pee. Um, You know, I mean, you know, we'd have some beer and I was like, that's pretty much it. And I was like, the only reason like everybody else had already been breathing in smoke because they were slightly higher. I was on the floor. So, I mean, it was it was close to the point where they probably would have been, you know, close to unconscious because I mean, the the whole room was literally I mean, the cabin was filled with smoke, like dense smoke. Wow. Um, But yeah, no, I could not convince her to save my life that I woke up and sat up because I had to pee. That was it. (laughs) That was what woke me up. But she swore up and down that it was the lady in white. And there was nothing I could do to convince her that it wasn't uh, so you got, you, you, And people like that, you got to go crazy. You go, no, it wasn't the lady in white. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I have a personal alien. And my alien is kind of like a guardian angel, but he's not an angel. He's an alien. He, and, and he comes from the planet Koblar, and he comes down, and he saves me. So, well, I don't want to say he, because there's no real gender. Um, Shkli, as they would say on Futurama, uh, affects me uh, and wakes me up in situations. So it's it's not it wasn't the lady in white. It was my 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 guardian a- alien. Um, so you, got, you always go always go crazier, and then they're like, oh, maybe it was. Yeah. yeah. No, they really do. You can lead them right down that rabbit hole. It was just like when I was explaining that conspiracy theory. They just, yeah, he completely yeah. bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And I'm, and the whole time I'm like, 
I've known you for 20 years. Right. Like, how, really? Yeah. You're a smart dude. Yeah. Like, how did this even happen? I'm like, this is the most bullshit thing ever. But I'm like, I'm right. going to go ahead and keep it in the book because uh, it seems like it works. Right. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah. The, well, there, there's, there's been actually conspiracy theories that have uh, that skeptics have started as a as a test. That even that like to see if they worked. I forgot what uh, a couple of them were. Uh, I've, I've seen a few of them. I'm trying to think of what they were off the top of my head. One was about a murder, like a guy who lost his head, and I don't know. But they started this this thing to see where it would go, and years later came out and said, "Okay, I started that. Here's me starting it, showing the evidence." And even after that, okay, I just wanted to see where how far it would go, and it got pretty big. Yeah. Even after admitting it and showing the evidence that they did it. The believers are like, no, that's not it. That's not true. No, no, I, I did it. I documented that I was doing it when I did it. And they'd be like, no, you must have just been copying something that did happen. Or, oh, no, yeah, yeah, the one you started was, but it also happened after that. Like, it, it's the same thing as, like, pathological liars. Like, I, I have a friend who's a pathological liar, uh, a couple people I know that are that way, that it's like they'll say something like, Oh man, yeah. Last week I was at this club, and you know these guys came in with guns, and uh, and I I I, I stopped him. And I took him down, man. The cops came and they got it, and like nobody even saw it happen. Brand, it was fucking amazing. And I'll be like, well, I was with you during that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It was when you were in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, or yeah. it's like, <laughs> what? Like, I mean, though. No, I was. I didn't. I never went to the bathroom. No, there was a moment there, and 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 they they just continue with it. It's like I I caught you. It's okay. You lied. You made up a story, a yeah. fucking insane story that no one in the world would believe, but especially somebody who was there with you the entire time. Yeah. And instead of going okay, they they just double down and go, well, no. What happened was, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no. What happened? I had gone to the bathroom, and they were. It was in the bathroom that it happened. Like, or like, it's just they they continue to change, like whatever they can do to make their story fit their narrative in their own brain, and it's like, I mean, I guess that way what makes them pathological is that they they don't know that it's that it's yeah. real that it's not real. I mean, well, I think when it comes to a story like that, and it's just you know some person whatever their motivations are, it's no big deal. But that that's like exactly what happened with the study about vaccines and autism, right? Yeah. yeah. So. That study was debunked, Man. and it's been. I'm sorry, I don't know if there's another. Is there a better word? You said people don't like. No, that yeah, word. no, it's it's, it's yeah, it's I, completely I, I, I don't, bullshit. I don't know what else to call it. The guy, the yeah. guy was bullshit, right? Yeah, he went to. He lost his license and went to jail. The whole, yes. the whole, yeah. I mean, what, over it, yes. And yet, it's still prevalent. Like you can't. It doesn't matter well, how and, many studies and, and here's how the evidence thing. you show. But the thing is, is that it's not just about a story and somebody's ego. Now we have measles at fucking Disneyland. Right. You know, I just found out recently that two of my um, friends are anti-vax. And I'm like, I don't think I want you like Fuck in no. my pool. You well, know, and, and, and it's, but it's weird. But like, I can't tell them that this isn't this isn't because they've they have gone down that rabbit hole of complete garbage. Right. And, you know, they're in some mommy Facebook group that tells them that vaccines are going to kill their children. And it's like, no, dude, um, polio, polio is going to kill your bad. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. I, I poke my kid with every single thing the doctor would let me. Right. I'm like, oh, you got another needle? Make it bigger. Huh. Well, Go and, ahead. And, and the thing and more. the thing is that they've done so many exhaustive studies to prove that it not only that his his study was nonsense, and they always all those conspiracy people always talk about follow the money. The guy was tr was trying to cause a scare. Yeah. Over thimerosal, which is the preservative. It has trace amounts of mercury in it. Yeah. So he was saying that that's what caused autism. It wasn't the vaccines. It wasn't, and that's to talk about pushing, moving the goalposts. It wasn't the vaccines. It was the timerosol in the MMR, the only measles, mumps, rubella, rubella vaccine. It wasn't any of the other vaccines because he had a new delivery method that he was marketing. He wanted yeah. to create a scare so that he could go, oh, let's get rid of timerosol and that, and let's use my delivery method and my preservative. And so he was trying to make money. So you want to talk about follow the money, follow the money. But that's a fallacy. But I'm just saying, if you're going to use that fallacy, yeah. we got to go. But the point is that even with that, they've taken timerosol out anyway. And now all of a sudden the vaccine thing is, oh, well, it wasn't the timerosol. It's that we get too many vaccines. And so it's like now you're changing the entire story of the guy who invented the story that you follow. Like you can't just this was what the, the, the theory, the, the theory, the idea, the hypothesis was that Andrew Wakefield said timerosol is causing autism. Here's a study of 11 people that is a nonsense study. Uh that the British Board of, of Medicine or whatever took his license away. He went to jail for fraud. And now they use the fact that he got acquitted for the fraud charges. And they said, see, he was acquitted. 
He was acquitted of fraud charges because they couldn't prove that he did it on purpose, that he was trying to defraud anybody. That doesn't mean that his study wasn't bullshit, and that doesn't mean that that he he wasn't a fucking moron. You could be a moron and not an evil moron, right? So that's all the that's all the acquittal (laughs) said was like, no, he's he's a moron. He's just not an evil moron, Um, or we can't prove that he's an evil moron. So. So yeah, so so now it's like now it's all of a sudden become all vaccines, and now it's the flu vaccine, which didn't even fucking really exist at the time of of this. It's like all these things, and on top of that, what's worse, polio or fucking autism? Yeah, like I mean, well, and the other the other thing is that they, it, yeah, I mean, it, no, it's I weird. So I didn't get the flu vaccine for a long time, right? The flu shot, and I'm I was like, oh, you know, it, it's not very effective, or right. you know, all the bullshit that I heard, and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to do it, and then I actually finally I was like, you know what, man, let me actually take a look at it, right? And and see, and and I was like, oh no, it. it it works. Right. So I've been getting the flu vaccine, but I still can't, I still can't talk people into yeah. doing it. And, and the thing is that people go, well, it's, you know, sometimes it's only 20%, sometimes it's 50%. Yes, that's true because we don't know. It's funny. It's always the people that deny evolution that say that shit, but it's, <laughs> it's funny because we don't know which, which direction the flu yeah. is going to evolve in each direction. So, so they, yeah. they, they pick one that looks like the most logical way for the virus to evolve because it evolves every year and we get a new strain of flu every year and they, and they give you that vaccine. Now, sometimes it ends up evolving the other direction, so therefore that vaccine doesn't work. You still get the flu because you get yeah. a different strain of flu than they than they created the vaccine for. It's not perfect because they're only predicting. The fact that they can predict at any percentage, much less 50 or 70 percent, is amazing. And also, it even protects you if you get the other strain of flu by making your flu symptoms la- not yeah. as not as ha- not as harsh and for less time. So even if you end up getting the flu with the different with the different strain, it's a it's a totally different uh, version of it. Um, so um, I mean it's and it I mean, even if you get the other version of it, it still reduces your symptoms and your time of having the flu. So that so yeah. that that's still a good thing and it doesn't hurt you. That's the thing that drives me crazy. It doesn't fucking hurt you. So yeah. it's not going to cause any ill effects. There are a few people that are allergic to certain vaccines and things like that, and those people can't get them. Uh, there are people that are, which is the other thing that drives me nuts is these people that don't understand herd herd vaccine vaccination, where they're yeah. like or herd herd immunity, where they're like, well, why does it matter? Why do you care if my kid doesn't get? Va- you're protected because you got the vaccine. So if my kid gets the measles, you're not going to get it. Well, yeah, that's because you don't understand science. Number one. A vaccine isn't 100% effective. It's in the high 90s. So I could be vaccinated and still get the measles. Yeah. Also, my kid might not be old enough to get the vaccine yet. Yeah. So or half you all of them. Right. Or what if I'm immunocompromised? Immune compromised. What if yeah. I have HIV? What if I have lupus? What if I have something that allowed me to not get the vaccine because people of certain immune comp- compromised diseases cannot get vaccines? If I have that, now you're putting me at risk of getting the measles, which could fucking kill me because I have immune deficiency. So, yeah. and if there's, there used to be one of you assholes, so the yeah. chance that, that, that you're going to spread it to, to we who are 98% effe- blocked from it yeah. is very rare. But when I've run into a hundred of you people, that increases my chances of getting it. And if there's a hundred people that aren't, aren't vaccinated and you've got measles, you're now you now have 99 chances to spread it to somebody. Whereas if you were the only guy, your chances of spreading it to people who are vaccinated is super rare, super low. So it's like, that's what herd immunity does. It, and it protects the people. It protects the people that are, are, that are not immune or that can't be yeah. immunized because of, of medical conditions, you know, or old people or babies. I mean, fuck. Definitely. And see, that was the thing is that when I saw this, it was, it, there was a person that I had had kind of an issue with years ago. And so I had, you know, committed the ultimate act of, you know, uh, betrayal and unfriended her on Facebook. And we met, uh, recently and we kind of made up and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was probably too harsh and blah, blah, blah. So I refriended her. And of course she's in my feed and she starts posting a bunch of stuff about anti-vax yeah. and I'm like, Holy fuck here. I, you know, I, I was like, I unfriended her at first because I thought she was kind of a shitty person. She sort of screwed me over. And I was, I went back and I thought, you know what, man, I was too harsh. I did, should have right. given her the benefit of the doubt. And then I looked at her feet and I'm like, no, no, she's no, that's not the first time <laughs> you're an idiot. First off. And second off, 
I think I might have to rescind my invite to my house because I do have people with babies right. and, you know, older people. And if you're going to be in my pool and you're going to be hanging around, you know, no, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think I, 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 don't I really that. think I don't that I might have that to make for, that yeah. rule. Absolutely. Well, we were worried about not being able to talk. We only, I've only got five minutes left. So I want to, I want to ask really quickly. I want to okay. get, what's the biggest, so let everybody know where they can find you, like all your social media. Let them know about your current book, your past books, and and what what's what's a, what's the takeaway? What do you want? What what what's your goal? What do you want people to get from from what from what you're from what you're doing, and from for your book and everything that you that you that you're looking to to do in the future? Well, um, since I came came out as an atheist and have been actually vocal about it, um, I think one of my main goals. Um, because I've dealt with so many stereotypes and stigmas being a dancer, mm-hmm. um, I realized that a lot of those stereotypes and stigmas apply to atheists or mm-hmm. agnostics or people that want to leave their religion um, because you get a lot of shit from your family and um, or friends or, mm-hmm. you know, just society in general. I mean, you can't walk down the street and say, hey, I'm an atheist. You know what I'm saying? But right. you can, you know, walk down the street holding a crucifix. And uh I, I mean, if you're Catholic right? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so I want people to know that they're not alone. I want people to be able to not only identify misinformation, their own bi- biases and things like that on social media, but I want people to understand that, that it's okay to be who you are. And if that means you don't believe in God or, you know, you want to take your clothes off on stage or whatever, you know, people need to be, to understand that there's other people like them out there. And so that's really the, um, the main message that I want to, uh, that I want to send. So you're saying that, that not having God will lead you to taking your clothes off on stage. Got it. All right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and everything, uh, everything can be found, um, all three of my books, social media and everything can be found and a blog on, uh, Aaron Lewis.com. So E R I N L O U I S. Yes. Com. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you spell it, um, the other way, it comes up with a guy from stained. So. Okay, nice. So important. Right. Yes, E R I N, the female, and Lewis, as in like yes. uh, Twitter and Facebook, I'm Brazen Atheist. Brazen Atheist. Too. Cool. Yes. And, so, um, and I have merchandise for sale too. There you go. Yeah, if if I don't know if we're we're not gonna be able to see that unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know either, but I figured ne- I'd next time next time you're down in so- SoCal, we'll have you in studio. Okay. Yeah, and you can meet okay. my, my partner Ty, who is not an atheist but also not a religious person. Um, but um, well, cool. And and uh, for anybody else, for everybody out there, please keep tuning into us. Uh, if you want to go to our Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash Critical and Thinking. Uh, it's a Critical and Thinking podcast with Ty Barnett and Ian Harris on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. Please like us. Give us a review. It really helps. Um, unless your review is, is that you don't like us, then you can go fuck yourself. Um, but no, if you have a good review, give us a good review. If you can give us a, a good rating, give us a good rating. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever your favorite medium is. And uh, yeah, also we, are, we have a, some of these go to YouTube on a Comedy Pop-Up. Uh, there's a Comedy Pop-Up, whatever. If you search Comedy Pop-Up, you'll find us. Um, and yeah, so... Tune in to us next time. I'm not sure when we'll, Ty should be back this week, and we'll be doing another one. Uh, lots of lots of really cool political stuff to talk about, um, including uh, I, I want to start a fund for the victims of the hur- Alabama hurricane, um, and um, I may have to siphon some of that away from the Bowling Green massacre and the Toledo massacre, um, so uh, so we can get to helping those people of in Alabama from the hurricane. Uh, we will see you next time, Aaron. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Ian Harris. I'll be here for Ty Barnett. Uh, We'll see you uh, next time. See you.